Everything is Awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows, like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelant Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com. week's edition of everything is awesome i am your host kev and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things we are continuing our conversation with brian stever from the take two podcast this is our part two conversation about the crisis on earth x crossover that the cw had with arrow the flash supergirl and legends of tomorrow this episode covers the last two episodes of the uh, of the crossover which was the flash and legends of tomorrow and oh boy do we get into it do i make some proclamations um about the uh, quality of acting and the quality of the episodes um i won't spoil anything but we get into some pretty awesome conversations about these episodes before i officially kick it over to the Kevin Bryan of the past. I want to talk about uh, our show that's happening this weekend, the 100th episode of Everything Is Awesome. We're going to be at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House from 3:30 p.m. to 6 p.m. celebrating the 100th episode of Everything Is Awesome. To kick things off, Heart Points Pod are going to be performing live for the very first time. I'm excited for that, and then we go live right around 4:30, and we're going to be playing a game, Mission Accomplished. Ran by the designer Jeff Stormer from Party of One Podcast, and I have an excellent panel of players with me. Garrett Smith from I Like to Movie Movie, Joe Gates from the comedy show Gates with Joe Gates, Dan Higgins from the Scary Mofos, that's Scary Motherfuckers for people who aren't sensitive uh, to curse words, uh, the improv group, and then Hannah Datz from the Sabotage improv group it's going to be a fun fun time so if you can make it out to a malcolm comics and coffee house on frankfurt ave on uh december 17th that'd be great hey and if you know what you can't make it to that one we're going to be coming at you live again january 28th 2018 for the second annual everything is awesome let's have cancer potiversary show be there uh at tattooed moms on south street from 1 p.m. to 7 p.m., we're going to have a lineup of shows that includes Everything is Awesome, that includes Full Belly Laughs, Nerds with Words, I Like to Movie Movie, and we have two more that we're uh, in the process of booking and we'll announce at a later date. But it's going to be a day full of celebration for Everything is Awesome second year. Uh, it's going to be a celebration of Philadelphia Podcast. We call this the preview to the Philadelphia Podcast Festival that's happening in June of 2018 this year. And of course, um, this is a show that I put together to honor my uncle who I lost on November 6th of 2016, uh, to cancer. And the show is to help raise awareness, help raise money for the organization. Fuck cancer at let's Uh, so be there for that. If you can't make it out to the show on, uh, in December, anyway, let's kick it over to the guys in the past who are talking about crisis 
on Earth X. We open up in a concentration camp and it has to be run by some Nazi and we get it played fantastically by Paul Blackthorne as Nazi Lance. Yeah, I feel like he did a really good job at being way like I I would I, I would still maybe edge out Tom Cavanaugh, but that might be because I'm biased and I just really love that like his acting. Um but yeah, Paul Blackthorne was like He's he's the only one that took a chance out of the out of like the evil doppelgangers. He's mm. the only one that really took a chance, uh, and and I think I guess maybe for that reason alone, like I'll 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 I'll, I'll, I'll uh, turncoat and I'll say I'll, that edges out Tom Cavanaugh because he he had to do zero work. He already did this. He already did that role in season one. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that was something that uh, worked really well in um, part three, which. Uh, part three was technically the flash episode, which um, I will say that uh, this is the one that felt very much like a Supergirl episode, uh, which is kind of neat that they kind of, and you know, they kind of role reversed. And that, again, that might be because of how similar in tone they are and how similar they are as shows. Uh, but this episode focused heavily on the fact that, one of the main reasons they invaded uh, Earth One, which leads me to believe, how did they know that Kara was going to be there? Because, like, Kara doesn't exist on Earth One. Yeah, I, did they just assume that she was going to get invited to the wedding? How did they know about the wedding? Did they like see it in the pe- in the paper or something? I don't. It's, I, yeah, I, I maybe th- I guess maybe Thawn could have done some recon but that was never established um but uh yeah so it it becomes all about evil kara uh having i guess flown to i don't know if she seriously flew too close to the sun but she had like some sun poisoning i guess in her blood so Uh, yeah so this is a throwback to the all-star superman series of comics that came out. It was a a little bit of a spinoff series where Superman did that to uh, save earth. He had to fly literally into the sun and by doing it, it oversaturated his cells and essentially gave him sun poisoning, which then made his powers very grandiose for the time. But the stronger he got, then the quicker he was dying. And then he winds up then dying a spoiler. Sorry if you were going to read those. But that, that that's where that is kind of a, a throwback, like you were saying on last week's episode in the first part, where they throw back to the comics a lot on the CW stuff. This was another one. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, so I didn't know that I because I, I didn't read All Star. Uh, no, I now I want to. Well, you don't. Uh, have, I just ruined it for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't need to. I guess. No, it's a, it's a good uh, series though. If you haven't read it, you should check it out. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting, uh, story as now it turns into more than just, uh, the Nazis wanting to invade other earths and, and, and rule over a multiverse versus just their one earth. It turns into a very personal mission for, for evil Oliver and, um, evil Kara to, to save her life. And the only way they needed a Kryptonian heart. Uh, to to throw into evil Kara, uh, which is like what if the if her if she was if her cells were overloaded with solar energy, how does replacing her heart help? You're you're thinking too much now. 
<laughs> okay, okay. This is where we get ourselves in trouble, where we actually start to put math and science into it, you know? Okay. So, so th- this might adhere to your, to your recon though, because she said the line of, uh, to Overgirl, you know, the evil Kara says to her, what do you care if I take your heart? You're not using it, which was a heck of a jab, but that also leads to you believing that they've been doing some type of recon to know that she just broke up with the dude and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's true because she because we're still at this point where um, Kara and, and and at this point all I think I feel like all hope of Kara reconciling uh, during this crossover is gone. Uh, but uh, she's yeah, I mean she's I mean in the middle of I guess a battle, so she doesn't have time to think of whether she's a human or whether she's an alien. But yeah, I mean she's. Uh, you know, without getting too much into the Supergirl storyline that's going on right now, um, it, it, it's she's dealing with a lot. You know, first she was dealing with the loss of Manel and um, saying, you know, the, you know, even Clark said that he wouldn't be able to make that sacrifice that she made, which makes her feel like she's an alien, like she's, you know, not able to, you know, be a human. And then uh, she has to deal with the emotions of Manel coming back and, and, spoilers being uh married to someone else from the future uh mm-hmm. and she has to, she's trying to black that off by saying i'm not a human so yeah uh it is interesting that they knew so much about kara about earth one and, and how she was going to be it's just again stuff that i guess i'm thinking way too much of it's, it's, yeah. it's all logic yeah thing that i loved the the line one of the opening lines it wasn't the opening line but one of the first things that was said that made me pause and write it down uh this this uh i feel like this episode was like a love letter to like some some action movies of of years past and when i heard felicity say lead the way mclean uh when when iris and her were in the vents i i I had like an audible gasp. I, I really enjoyed some of the references we got in this episode. Yeah, that's true. Um, but the, now this is like my notes literally consist of this felt like a Supergirl episode and uh, lead the way McLean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but th- this episode, um, it, I, it was, I, what I liked is, uh, almost everything. Like, I don't know if there's anything in this episode that didn't really work for me. Um, I think we're officially at the point where um, I stopped critiquing and started watching for enjoyment. And um, when I do that, it's, it's usually a, just a, lo- a big old love fest, but this episode um, while feeling like a Supergirl episode hit a lot of notes that, that you need to hit to be a successful flash or Supergirl episode. And that's, the, the the heart heroics and and uh, humor and the humor between uh, Felicity and Iris uh, while they're uh, you know storming the castle if you will sure. um, it, that worked a lot for me I really liked like this this team up between uh, Iris and and um, Felicity yeah a little Thelma and Louise style trying to take down everybody um. You know, Felicity, I I felt when she was trying to decode to get the doors open type thing, you know, she, I don't know, she can hack like into any system in the world and, and then having that not work out for us. I, I I wonder sometimes like what computers can she fix and what can't she, but you know, (laughs) they get their liberties when they're writing those, but, but yeah, you're right. It was a lot of fun seeing the two of them together again. 
Um, I, I, though I will say it was a, like the sh- the bit of dialogue I could have done without was when they dropped down to I, I guess save Kara, Kara, uh, and like they they knocked the the Nazi guards out with guns or whatever, and she goes take that Nazi mother and then stopped herself from cursing. Yeah. It felt like, it felt like a really, like, I guess she was trying to be John McClane or something, right, right. but, and maybe it fits, maybe it does work because it fits the character of being awkward. Uh, but it felt really strange that, that they would have her say that, but not like she cut herself off. Like, I feel like they should have just let her go on the extra mile of going mother f- or, or f- I don't know. I don't know where they cut it off at, but let her try to complete the sentence and let Iris stop her yeah. or something. Yeah, have like, something else. No. To it, yeah. Yeah. Calm down for a second. Like, um, it just, it was a weird choice, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but the, uh, going back to earth 10, uh, that I loved pretty much everything here. And my, I think my favorite part of earth 10 was, uh, captain cold. Um, a love that actor, love Wentworth Miller. Yeah. Uh, enjoy every time he comes back as the character and love that, it, it, that he almost in the beginning, we, we thought he was basically playing the same character just on earth X and he's just forced to be a good guy because, you know, the alternative is being a Nazi. And as it turns out, on on Earth 10, uh, 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 Captain Cold and Heatwave were like the ultimate good guys. Right. They were the opposite. Just crazy. Uh, and I really liked the the like this version of Captain Cold. Um, which is good because I mean, spoilers getting into some parts of uh, episode four or part four territory. He's staying on earth one. I don't know if that means he's staying with the legends or if he's staying with the flat. I don't know where he's staying, but uh, he didn't go back to earth 10 spoiler alert uh, for when we get to episode four of this. But um, yeah, like he was like such a happy inclusion. Um, I liked the, the, I don't know. I don't want to say Earth Ten people are like the kind of the the opposites of their Earth One characters or the Earth Forty Eight characters, but it seemed like key players were like um, Guardian, who we saw. We didn't even mention, but like that was how James Olsen was involved. Was in the very opening scene of the the crossover, uh, getting killed by uh, Evil Arrow. Um, but when um, you know was a complete badass yeah. in on earth 10. Yeah. Um, little, it came off a little, a little whiny, but for being in charge, um, but I, I think it was, it was, he was following up with Paul Blackthorne's, you know, twists. So it was a little difficult yeah, for him to share yeah. scenes with him on, on there, but yeah, it was pretty wild to see him evil. Well, and he wasn't necessarily evil. He just was kind of a prick. Yeah. That's better. You know, yeah. yeah. Cause he, he was fighting on the, the right side. He just was, you know, it's, it's, it was interesting that, you know, cause I guess this episode actually kind of had some like excellent opportunities to, you know, offer like a, what would you do in this scenario? And like, we know the win of earth 48 would do anything he could do 
to ensure his friends would return home safely. Um, but this win is more of like, I don't care that earth one has a bunch of Nazis on it. If I can destroy that, uh, temporal bridge to ensure that three of the most powerful people in the Nazi army don't come back to give us that upper hand. I'm going to take that opportunity and screw earth one. If you know, it was an interesting, like, I guess like a character study or just, you know, something like what would you do if your greatest enemy was somewhere, somewhere else and you had an opportunity to save people there or, basically let them fend for themselves against the greatest evil you ever faced. But now you're rid of that evil. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was like kind of an interesting moral, moral quandary that, I mean, this version of win failed even with, you know, it seems like, uh, my guess is Alex Danvers on earth X doesn't exist. Or if she does, she's not a big player of that earth. Uh, I'm guessing that, uh, Kara was not adopted by the Danvers. Mm. Uh, if I had to assume, because um, we we just don't. There's only one mention of of Kara's sister on Earth X, and they not by name. Just my you know my sister died fighting me. I don't know. I forget what the exact line was, but um, it sounded like the Alex Danvers or whoever her sister was on earth X was fighting on the side of good uh, and, and was opposed to her, her super system. Yeah, so again, the, I was getting a lot of a comic throwback to the red sun graphic novel that was written where Superman oh, God, uh, landed instead of landing in Kansas, his uh, spaceship lands in Nazi Germany. And they're the ones that find him as a child. And then they raise him to be the ultimate weapon and fight for the Nazis and then help the Nazis win the war. Um, so that's where I was, you know, I was getting a ton of that from this crossover, let alone, and then just kind of figuring that scenario kind of played out, but with Supergirl for this guess in the back of my mind, I was thinking red, red sun is one of the few things that I've read in the DC. Okay. I've read some of the, like the, the one shots like that. Um, and red sun is, is one of them. Uh, and that is, I read that at a time where I was just getting back into comics um, years ago, like probably about 10 years ago. Uh, and it was, it's hands down, like one of my favorite Superman stories I've ever read, uh, that where, when they announced that they might do a live action version of that, I was like, Oh, please, 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 please adapt that story. Um, that's how you get me on board for a Superman story in the DCEU (laughs) because you make it a right son. Make him evil. All (laughs) righty. Yeah, I mean, Man of Steel, he seems That's pretty true. evil, I guess. Broody. So I guess we were halfway there. Uh, but yeah, I didn't really, I didn't think of Red Sun uh, much. I, I, get, I think like, now that you say, I guess in the back of my mind, I kind of did mm-hmm. uh, think that. And yeah, because they didn't make it clear where, like, like where she landed, you know, because it seems like all these characters landed like they, they were American based characters. They just were America was ruled by Germany. And for some reason, Oliver was in charge of the Nazi army. Now he was the fear. Like, I don't know if he was in charge. Like if he was the, is, am I correct in, in, in assuming that evil Oliver was the, 
was the Hitler of 2017 on Earth 10. Yeah, I, I think instead of being stranded on Leon Yu for five years, he was just stranded in Munich for like five years. And those, so that he became a Nazi German in charge or something. Oh. No, that's a, that's a huge, I, you know, that's a to... huge stretch right there. But no, I mean, he would, I guess he would have to be, and maybe like there's an heir type succession that passed it down to him. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I would, I would love for them to, uh, and I think they do like in the comics, I think they do have like, you know, half season comic, like they do season two and a half of, of arrow in comic book form. I would love to see them do like a backstory to earth X in comic book sure. form, uh, for the CW, uh, uh, crossover event because there's so many unanswered questions that just I don't know I don't know what it what it is if it's like the completionist in me or if it's like the geek in me like I just need to know every little detail that they teased us with uh, or didn't give us any answers to they just like, presented it as fact and and we have to just make our own conclusions. So there is one part. Oh. Uh... No, go ahead with whatever you're going to go with next because I forgot what my notes were there. Oh, I, no, I mean, uh, so so I guess with part three here, uh, I, 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 I want to say what worked for me was pretty much everything. Like, I, I, I liked Captain Cold. I liked, I like, I, I want to know more information about uh, the Ray mm-hmm. because he's from Earth One. And I, th- I thought it was interesting that, again, spoilers for part four, that he went back to Earth 10 and, and Captain Cold stayed because... Uh, Captain Cold stayed on on his Earth on, on the Ray's Earth, and and the Ray went back to Captain Cold's Earth of Earth X. So, um, it's I want to know more about that character. We didn't really get to know him at all, backstory wise. We just knew that he somehow got to Earth Ten, uh, and um, was fighting on the side of the good. Yeah, I think the uh, the line of the episode might have been from Captain Cold when. Uh, I believe Flash repeats his plan uh, pledge to him. He uh, says, you know, have a plan, execute a plan. The plan goes wrong. To, I, I'm, I'm misquoting big time. Then just throw it all out the window or whatever. And then yeah. Snart turns to him and he's like, that's the worst advice at all time. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And that's what, like, one of the reasons why I'm really excited to see this version of, uh, of uh, Captain Cold. Um on earth one and whatever episode he's going to be sure. be in or whatever episodes he's going to be in, because he's like, he's like the, everything I like about, uh, about captain cold, except he's a good guy. Like he, 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 he brings some sensibility to the character. Like he, he, you can, you can, you don't have to feel bad rooting for him anymore. So was this a more forced agenda with he and Ray or, you know, I, <clears throat> Um, I don't, I mean, I don't think so. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, I guess I'm, maybe I'm, I'm more liberal than, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see it that way. Um, it was, it didn't, I wasn't surprised. Maybe I was, I don't know. I didn't. I don't want to say it shocked me because like, because I know Wentworth Miller is gay in real life. Um, but or at least by I don't know I, I I'm making these proclamations I really know nothing um, but he is um, I I knew that the Ray 
was a, 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 a homosexual character based on the fact that he said, I love the wrong mm. person. And that's why he was in the concentration camp. Uh, I had no idea it was going to be Captain Cold until like the moment it happened. But yeah, I don't know. I see again, as someone who watches this show, uh, not as yeah. a parent, um, I don't know. Uh, like I, I it, it, to me, it's just, I'm watching it for entertainment and it doesn't bother me at all. I don't know how, uh, you know, so what were you, th- did it feel like agenda to you? I don't, I just, I guess I get, I'm getting numb to it. Like uh, to say bothered me. I don't know. Just all of a sudden they turned to each other and now they're in love. I was like, what, where did, where did that come from? And then for, like you said, in the next one for him to stay kind of felt like, all right, I, we didn't need to have the love story at all. Cause then he just kind of bails on him and, and there's no protest from Ray. He's like, all right, see ya. Have fun on this earth. Yeah. I, I mean that, that I feel like if, if they, if one of them was going to stay, they both, if anything, I had expected the Ray to say he was going to stay. Yeah. And like, let me find my family. Um, and then and then I would expect that Captain Cold would have said, oh, well, then I'll stay, too. Yeah, um, yeah I, that's just a whole nother thing yeah. is, is it's it's and I think like I'm OK with like that, like that love storyline. You're right. It doesn't make sense if you're going to kind of just let the characters abandon each yeah. other. Um, but I think that's something where like it would have meant more had there been more time to establish it, I guess. Like that's where something like, let me get the backstory on this. Let me get a, let me get a comic book that, that kind of delves into earth X uh, and explain and flesh out the story a little bit. And it's funny. Cause I feel like maybe last year's storyline, like felt perfect. The, with the amount of time they had uh, and uh, this year, I don't know if it's, they truly didn't have enough time or maybe it was just so good. I want more of it, but it felt like I felt like I could have gotten like another easy two to three hours of story about uh, this, this crossover. And I would have been happy about it. Like I wouldn't happy if this was a extra long crossover that took over, you know, they could have easily done another two episodes on uh on thursday night or something sure i mean there's so many storylines they could have done they could have at the very least they could have done like what gotham does where they break their their season into multiple parts and made like one whole section of it you know a solid eight episodes of of one show just this crossover like you know eight to ten episodes of just the crossover because there are like we keep saying there's all these characters they kept leaving out or not talking about or not mentioning again so you're right there's so much more they could have put in and then there's characters also that we you know could be losing as well yeah yeah and i think that's um and i think having the backstory to some of these earth x characters like Earth X Captain Cold and 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 the Ray and um and, and more specifically even Kara and and Oliver like and ex- expanding on that their backstory just to understand where they came from um you know whereas I guess if I'm thinking of it you know more of a like um well if you're going to abandon each other like the the Captain Cold the Ray love love storyline there's no investment from the audience in that relationship to make it mean anything that they're leaving each other at the end. Um, so, so having more time to do that, I think would have okay. helped. 
Um, and yeah, there was just a lot going on as was expected. And I think that they handled it really well. I, I, you know, you know, as much as we're critiquing it right now, I think that overall the four episode crossover event was handled, uh, great. Like, I can't believe they pulled it off. You know, it's, I said it last year. I can't believe they pulled it off and I can't believe they pulled it off this year. Um, cause it seemed like, especially that now Supergirl was actually part of it. It was an additional hour that they had to, to manage yeah. this year. Um, and I think they did a good job of it. I just think there was a lot that they were forced to only be able to touch on and kind of let us use our imagination as to what really is happening. Very true. And then, and so for this episode, this is, is this when we start to lose a character that we already know about. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, one of the, the, the end of this episode uh, is like a big battle of, I guess at the temporal bridge uh, on earth X where, um, where era, where Oliver is pretending to be his doppelganger, his evil doppelganger, uh, which that scene is like, I, I'm, were you surprised that he let the evil wave rider go through? Yes. It was shocking. I, yeah. I thought he would have blown his cover. Yeah. I thought he would have blown his cover right then and there to, um, to like say like, that was apparently the, their doomsday event that they were going to use to like, that was the clincher. That's how they're going to win the war mm-hmm. on earth one. Um, so I was kind of shocked that like, especially Oliver of 2017, it doesn't seem like a move that he would have done. Like, it seems like he would have broken cover, but I, I, you know, maybe it was too important to get for him and his team to get back uh, to earth one. And, you know, maybe he thought that it wasn't going to, the only way to get back would be to let the, the, the wave rider go through. Uh, But it, it's like, and and maybe it's just good storytelling that like he got boned because literally Three minutes later, he was outed by Evil Lance uh, by bringing Felicity yeah. Smoke in. Brunette Felicity. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that she was still like the the hacktivist right. or whatever the, the uh, uh, Felicity from you know the early days of Earth One. Um, but uh, and that was a cool. Like I'm actually, uh, I feel like. Oliver giving her a gun was a crucial mistake. Like I, if I'm that version of Felicity, I don't know what's going on. I just know that who I've known as the fear my, for presumably my adult life at the very least has given me a gun. I feel like the, that I might take the opportunity to kill him. Sure. Why take a chance? So like it's it was an interesting choice on Oliver that he thought that like, you know what? She's just like my Felicity. She won't kill me. Uh that was an interesting choice, but uh just one that I kind of laughed off because it's, you know, comic book show. Sure. Um and um but yeah, so the battle at the Temporal Bridge uh is is where um uh we I guess we can say it is where Firestorm for whatever reason, I don't understand why they did this because they they needed to hotwire something and then flip a switch to turn it mm-hmm. on. But I feel like based off of how it went down, he hotwired it 
And then the flip, the switch was flipped. So I don't understand why Stein thought it was quicker for them to split apart and do it. Cause it totally seems like that was like the worst idea, especially in hindsight, the worst idea that they could have oh, done. Definitely. I, it, it, it was weird that they just all of a sudden split and he's like, no, we have to break up. And even Jax was kind of like, Oh, all right, I'll be over here. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course that's, that's the scene where, um, where Martin is shot, uh, a couple times by some Nazis and very heroically, yeah. you know, he, he, he gets shot. He's laying there. Actually, I guess that's how this episode ends. That's how the, 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 the uh, yeah, the flash episode mm-hmm. ends is, is with him getting shot. And then we get to episode four legends. And let me tell you, this is where I can finally get into it now. Uh, legends of tomorrow, uh, I guess is the show. So you don't watch legends. Nope. Uh, what, what's the reason that you don't watch it, Sarah? Oh, okay. So have you not watched it from the beginning or no, I hate her. I, I've <laughs> never liked her. Yeah. When she was the white canary or, you know, on arrow, I was like, that's that girl from mad men who had the really small mouth that barely even opens when she talks. And, <laughs> and I was just so turned off by it. I was just like, Oh, and as soon as she died all three times on arrow, I was like, good. She's gone. Crap. She's back. Good. She's gone. Crap. She's back. And then she was like gone on legends. And then, so I just never had interest in jumping on. Now I've heard nothing, nothing but great reviews. Uh, one of my co-hosts on take two podcasts, uh, Tony loves legends. He talks about it all the time. Another one of our co-hosts, Roy talks about, it. they love that show. So I've got nothing against it. It's just not something I jumped on board with yet. Yeah, I um I have watched it from the beginning and season one I enjoyed um wholeheartedly. It was it was a fun show. Season two, um, last year was was a fun show. Uh and but the way season two ended and, and I won't uh I don't know if you know, so I won't get into specifics, but it, it ended in such a way that it was like I think this was my favorite season finale because it was just so like fun and it opened up the door for all for the adventures that they're having in season three. Um, and I would say it's, it's hard for me to say what I like more that or arrow, um, because arrow has, has declined in quality, which is expected in, you know, in a show that's been around for six years. Uh, but it's also, you know, I think improved over the last two years. Like I, you know, season four was a really down point for arrow. And I think season five and season six is continuing to build, upon like the, the, the rebuilding of that show and uh, putting it back to where, you know, where it was maybe in season one or two. Yeah. Uh, and, and so there's, I, you know, whereas I'll always love the flash and Supergirl, I think more than any other show on, on that, on, uh, in that universe uh, legends and arrow, I think kind of go back and forth for me where, you know, sometimes I'm feeling like legends is the better show. Sometimes I'm feeling arrow is the better show. Uh, I think after this, this crossover event though, legends has, has taken the cake, mm. uh, for me and, and almost for, you know, the, sh- I don't ever expect to get emotional on, um, really arrow every now and then I'll get emotional on arrow, but that, that doesn't really seem like they, they don't put too much into the heart column, uh, on that show. And, and same thing with legends, they don't often get serious or get emotional on that show. It's very much a show for me. That's about having fun. Um, I've really enjoyed it this year. Uh, and, uh, but, but this episode was the, like the emotional episode for me, like literally started to tear up 
when I saw like how Jackson was reacting and, and, and when they got like every scene of them on the wave rider uh, was so such an emotional scene um, that like it, it hit me in, in, you know, all the, the, the Kevin Smith ways of, of wanting, like there's gotta be a video of Kevin Smith, crying watching this episode like if, if he <laughs> cried at the season finale of, of flash season one like there's no way he didn't cry during this i i definitely teared up and like had i been not in the middle of my work day i would have just bawled like you know like a little girl uh in this episode uh i feel like they're like uh i think his name is i, I don't know if i'm pronouncing it right but um the guy that plays jacks is F- franz Drama or Drame. something like that. Yeah, Drama. Drama. Yep. Him and Victor uh, Garber, uh, but definitely Franz. They or he deserve an Emmy win. Ooh. Like I'm not even saying the nod. They for this episode, like they need an Emmy because uh, the the act like I've never seen like. The, such good acting on that show. Uh, and I like, I don't know. It was just was so, so, so good. And it, it opens up with, you know, with him, with uh, Stein getting back up after getting shot and eventually getting shot some more and, and, and hitting the, um, hitting the power or whatever. Uh, and the only way they can move him is for firestorm to, to merge again and, and whatnot. But all the stuff happens, on that wave rider when they get back to earth one. And, uh, I like, I don't even know if there was anything I had negative about this episode because I just, I, once they did this, this storyline, like I was just hook lined and, and, and sunk. I, they, I was a fish on a hook. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I don't watch this, but the, the, those scenes, like you just said with their acting were quite emotional when he's talking about, he never had a son and he was a true son to him and, and, and the adverse he's talking about, he didn't have a father and he was like a true father to him. I was like, Ooh, I was, it was a little, the, the air conditioning was blowing a little strong in my house. Definitely on the eyeballs a little bit. They're watering up. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's definitely stuff that they've, they've touched on a little bit in, in previous episodes of legends um, this season, because you know, they, they were building to, to the separation of firestorm. Uh, but they, I mean, it really, they played on it a lot in this episode. Um, and, and this was another one where, where just like arrow, this felt like a legends episode. Um, we actually got to see the other legends show up, uh, and, and be involved for most of this. Uh, we get to see captain cold of earth X interact with, with Rory of, uh, earth one. And that that's, that's fun. Uh, that was a fun scene. Um, as much as, as much, uh, uh, I guess it's, as, I don't know if depressing is the right word, but as, as much heart as this episode had, uh, it also had plenty of humor and, and heroics as well. This, mm-hmm. it was atypical for legends to kind of have that formula, uh, which kind of like maybe goes back to, I think something you said in, in last week's episode where it seemed like maybe the, the Supergirl writers or, or whoever, uh, had a lot to say in the writing room, maybe about this whole crossover event, because that is definitely a flash and Supergirl tactic is those three H's. And, and, uh, I'm so glad they used it in this legends episode because it, it instantly, I mean, this particularly this episode, this part four is one that I will go back and watch, watch over and over again, because it is, 
I know I love emotional storytelling and and that like I don't think I've seen anything so emotional in the Berlanti verse. Um which is which is hard to say because the flash is full of emotional crap. Uh and and this felt I don't know why, but this felt the most emotional. And I don't know if it's because uh of the the connect like the connections they made between themselves of being a father like a a, um, a faux father and faux son to one another uh maybe that's what it is maybe that that is the driving force for me to to be make it so emotional so you may have picked up on this but i was shocked when it happened so but when thawne's getting ready to cut through supergirl's body and he says you know metal through bone that's my favorite that's what he wants to drill through and then all of a sudden he can't get the knife to go through her skin. I was shocked. I was like, why is the knife stopping? You know, it, it didn't get me. He couldn't get the scalpel through. And then it zooms in and shows Ray Palmer is down there, shrunk it down, stopping the scalpel from going into her skin. Did you see that coming once he couldn't do it or? No, not at all. I, I, I don't know. I was trying, I guess maybe my initial thought could have been Martian Manhunter. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I didn't know what was going on. I don't think I had any thought. But in hindsight, a good initial thought would have been Martian Manhunter was there to to stop him, to, to get in his mind and stop him. But yeah, no, that's like, I don't think I was necessarily surprised that the Adam showed up because they had put that that distress call yeah. out in the previous episode. Um, but uh, it was like, I had no idea until they showed the Adam what was going on. Right. Um, and yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that stuff was uh, was great. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't think there's anything on. Like, was there anything on this episode that didn't work for you? Because I, I, I think I'm way blindsided. I blinded myself to because all the emotional stuff with with Jackson and Stein. Um, that I don't know that I was fair in 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 finding negatives because I couldn't find any. Uh, the very ending, but we'll we'll get to the ending when we get to the ending. Okay. Nitpicky okay. stuff, but okay. Yeah, yeah, that okay. That's probably why I'll get on board with you. Um, yeah, because I think everything else really before the ending, and I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll call the ending like the scene in the park. I think everything before that was was pitch perfect. Yeah, like the uh, the the ending battle. You know, I think what they did really well in this crossover event was uh, like the battles that they had with one another uh, didn't seem overly long. And they, that's something that could have happened is it could have felt overly long or repetitious. Um, but they, they handled it really well and handed it like as well as I think they could have, like as well as a movie would have done. Yeah, it was good. I, a lot of the battles were short and quick and, you know, they weren't overdrawn. Like you just said, they weren't like the Smallville fight in man of steel that went on for just a little too long and destroyed everything. Um, I and it wasn't like the the season finale. I think it was the season four finale of of Arrow where they're battling in the streets of of Star City uh, against uh, Damian Dark Damian Dark's forces and and Arrow yeah. and and the city and and basically they were t- pulling a page out of the Dark Knight Rises. Like that was ridiculous to me. I, that's like one of the biggest low points for me for the Arrow world. That bat like. The, the battles that we saw in, in these crossovers were of that level, but like done with so much respect. Cheesiest line of the episode and probably the entire crossover, but major fanboy in me, a Superman fanboy, was when uh, Overgirl was dying and Harry 
you know, says she's about to blow and you need to fly her up, up and away. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That was, I liked that. And that was, uh, actually I was, I, as that was happening, I was like, well, now are we going to get that like issue now? Is, is our Kara going to have some sort of, uh, you know, overblown cells now because she's flying too close to the sun or like getting, like she's literally in the center of this explosion of right. overgirl. Um, but, oh, and another cheesy, uh, line that happens literally minutes after that line is when, um, uh, Nate catches her, uh, as she's falling and he says something to the effect that, oh, I thought it would take a man of steel to catch a girl of steel. Uh, that was, I love that line simply because a, it's a throwback. You wouldn't know because you don't watch Legends, but it is a throwback to an earlier episode uh, this season of Legends where uh, he is called the Man oh, of Steel. Okay. Uh, and obviously it is a throw, you know, to the fact that, you know, her cousin is sure. the Man of Steel. Um, and, and you know what they do? They play. I, and I didn't notice this until I, you know, I saw a screenshot on Twitter or something. But uh, something that they do a lot of. Uh, I say a lot of they've done it the last two years this year and last year in the crossover episodes is they play with the fact that Brandon Roth used to play Superman uh, in the sense that uh, in the episode uh, part three, the flash episode, Kara says something about her cousin. You, you know, you, you're going to be sorry, you know, when you kill me, cause my cousin's going to come in and save you or save me or kill right. you or something. And, and then in episode four, the Adam played by Brandon Roth, who also played Superman saves mm. her. Uh, and that is like a cool, I don't, that I, it's, I don't know if they intended that to be like a, like a fun little Easter egg, but it sure. totally was like, that's how I picked it up. They did something. I forget what they did last year, but they did another thing like that, where they kind of made reference to the fact that, you know, Brandon Roth had played Superman before. Um, and, and they made like an awkward joke or yeah. something. Uh, and, um, but yeah, uh, there was a lot of cool little references. I, I think in, I liked, in uh, I liked seeing killer frost and was it Zari and Amaya or Amaya, the, the girls all kind of together to, to yeah. me, it kind of like gave you little, little hints of maybe a birds of prey. I know, uh, some people that are big fans of the old birds of prey show. And I, I bet a couple of those fanboys are like, Oh, longing for that show to come back in some capacity. Yeah. I mean, I, I only remember that show briefly. Cause that was like, they failed that show failed. And then Smallville happened. Um, if I remember, if I remember the timeline correctly and, um, but yeah, that was cool. I liked, I liked, uh, that, the, uh, the girl power sure. there. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something that, you know, obviously we get a lot of on Supergirl, um, but we don't necessarily get that a lot, uh, on the other shows. Maybe I guess on legends to a, a, a degree we do because half the, I think half the team now is our powerful woman. Um, but it, it is something that I don't think is focused on a lot, uh, on, on, uh, the, you know, in the, in the genre. And, and I think, I'd venture to say Berlantiverse handles it again. Like I feel like they handle a lot of things better than their, their, the, the movie counterparts, uh, whether it's DC or even Marvel, um, but mainly DC. Uh, Cause that's a dumpster fire of a universe. 
Uh, yeah. And Bir- uh, Birds of Prey just um, was on for one season and it was like the second season of Smallville. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It was like one of their spinoffs, but sadly it didn't, it did not last long. And I but. remember watching it and I, and I don't really remember if I liked it or not. I just remember, I think the main reason, cause didn't Mark Hamill again, provide the voice of the Joker in that. Like a um, pilot episode of that. Man, I wonder. That'd be awesome if he did. He's done so many like, DC villains. Yeah, I feel like he was involved in the pilot episode of Birds of Prey as the Joker. I don't know if it was like in makeup or if it was as just the voice and someone else like kind of portrayed the silhouettes. Um, but um, yeah, I, you know, and that's something that like, you know, I a couple weeks ago I got into with my guest uh, Hostiles about uh, the Berlanti verse is like, I would love for them to retcon like Smallville into the, the mythology of this CW DC universe. And there's no reason they can't like, you can have like, that can just be earth, you know, 21, you know, it can be another multiverse uh, where, where somehow Tom Welling ends up on one of the earths and, and you get to see him in a super suit. I would love, love. And, and I don't know how this would work because, you know, it would either, because we've already had someone else play the role of Superman, but on Earth 48, Kara's Earth, I would love to see Michael Rosenbaum come back and reprise his role of Lex, Lex Luthor. He's my favorite Lex Luthor. And yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I would love for them to retcon some stuff and, and make that part of it and, like, you know, bring back Birds of Prey and whatnot. But yeah. Uh, like on Supergirl, they mentioned Chloe a couple of episodes yeah, ago. Yeah. That, you know, my cousin Clark has a friend named Chloe. That they mentioned, and I usually Berlanti does a great job of this. Then they brought back, you know, Linda Carter to play one, you know, who played Wonder Woman, and they brought her into the fold. And, and they have Erica Durant from Smallville yeah. is yeah. on Supergirl now, and they had Terry Hatcher and Dean Kane. My biggest disappointment of all time was last season of Supergirl when they had Terry Hatcher and Dean Kane and did not get a scene of the two of them together. Yeah. And then from the Lois and Clark TV show fame. I was super disappointed that they didn't even give us the dumbest one quick scene of just the two yeah. of them uh, together. But normally you're right. The Berlanti verse does a great job of this. So maybe down the road, it'd be great to get someone just a quick cameo. I mean, even if you just see Tom Welling, even as, as Clark Kent, I'd be great. You know, uh, like you said, on another earth, I, I'd be over the moon with that. Yeah. I, I just, I think it's like, and, and I, I've heard mixed, mixed reports of whether he'd be into it or not. Like I've heard article uh, articles and interviews where he said that he would be i've heard and read articles and interviews where he said he wouldn't be into it but um yeah i just i mean why not like at this point like who cares like just make it all one it, it, it would and how i feel like it would put so much renewed interest in that show smallville where, where where you could you could push a couple dvd sales or digital sales or whatever on that show uh, and, and get people to start watching it just to get like more of the backstory. All true. All true. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess, and obviously at the, you know, I, I left the last time I talked about the, uh, firestorm, you know, they were still alive, but obviously, um, Martin Stein ends up spoilers dying, uh, be- because he, in what is the most emotional scene of the episode of this, of the crossover event, uh, you know, him pleading with, with Jefferson, uh, to, to get the, um, 
Jax. What's his name? Jax. Jax Jefferson. Jefferson Jax. I don't, I don't know. But f- with with his Firestorm counterpart with mm-hmm. Franzi with Franz. We'll call him Franzi. There you go. Uh, to to get the the um, potion that that uh, was cooked up by. I think this is this one was. I think this was uh, one that Cisco made, but but Gideon did something to. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, and, um, and effectively like just separating themselves himself from, from Jax so that, cause Jax at this point was keeping him alive. He was, he was living life support for, for Stein and this cut that, that lifeline support. And Oh my God, what an emotional scene mm-hmm. uh, to, to kind of like prelude the big battle we were going into. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, the, the real reason we lost uh, Victor Stein was because, uh, or uh, Dr. Stiles, because Victor Garber is going back to Broadway to be on Hello, Dolly, that opens January 20th in New York with David Hyde Pierce and, Bre- and Bette Midler. They're taking over those roles. Yes, I um, I, I, I read that, that that he was leaving for that reason. And we live in a world of, uh, or we're watching a world of comic book characters. So uh, it's not the end of Victor Garber. He could be back on that show. Once that Broadway There's, run has done, he'll, he'll be right back on the legends. You never know. Yeah. 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 I mean, time travel, you know, there you is, go. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about that show is time travel makes anything possible. Um, but I, I, I actually kind of hope that they don't like bring him back because the way that they sent that character off. That was great. Um, with, yeah. I mean, with having Jax go to, his wife's house and deliver the news to his wife and his daughter. Uh, and then the funeral scene. Um, it just, I understand. Like we've seen other characters come back from the dead on this, on, on in, in these shows uh, on the Belanti verse. Uh, and it's always like, it's always kind of worked um, because they've never had a send off. I think like they have had four, uh stein in this episode in this in the series so i feel like i feel like to bring him back ever again it really would cheapen what happened in this episode and sure uh, so i kind of hope they don't do it uh so before we get to uh the ending scene here uh in 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 the crossover event is there anything else that you want to talk about that worked for you no i i think we hit it all you know they wrapped everything up Nicely, they didn't over dramatize some of the uh, deaths um, or, you know, or the victories, I should say, uh, for for working. I think we hit all the things that worked, um, maybe not worked was well, go ahead. I think well, we're going to say the I'll same say ones. The, well, yes, but I'll say one last thing that did work was bringing John Diggle into the fold. Finally, uh, you know, and I love I love. Oh, that's in my not worked. Oh, really? See, I love yep, John ahead. Diggle and I love his interaction with the world of Flash, with the world of Metas. And I love whenever we get an opportunity to see John travel uh, via Speedster because it's always a little bit of comedy. Like I said um, in last week's episode where we covered Crisis Parts 1 and 2, I feel like that could have been done uh at the onset of this whole crossover and you could have had a a, a little slightly the story would not have been affected i don't think at all 
and we would have had Diggle for the whole thing, and we would have gotten all the same beats that we got in this little this little scene that brought Diggle in if we just did it four episodes ago. Um, so Diggle worked for me. What followed? Not necessarily. So well, before that final scene, were you okay with the way the Flash let Thawne just walk away? Oh yeah, you know what? That was weird. I I feel like I need to rewatch that scene. I I don't. Did I miss something? Like, what was like? It seemed like the Flash said like he could have killed him, but he's a hero, so he didn't. And then he just let him yeah. go. But I, was there a reason to letting him go? I don't that like his moral code as a superhero that he's not going to kill the guy that killed his mother and put him through turmoil and all that. Like we spent all of season one trying to find out and defeat this guy. We finally get rid of him, find out he's back and then nah, we'll get him one day. Don't worry. I, I just thought that was kind of an awkward ending, which also means do we know who season five's bad guy is on the flash? Like Fawn will be back. I mean, I hope it's not another speed. Like I love that they're not doing a speedster this year. Let's let's, part of the appeal to season uh what four of the flash that we're in is that it's, it's yeah. not we're not dealing with an evil speedster again uh yeah you could have easily just slap some some uh power dampening cuffs on him and threw him in your uh in your your uh meta prison or whatever you have at, at the the thing there but yeah and i i have a feeling that one of the reasons they let him go is i don't think that we've gotten the full payoff to to Barry traveling back in time to that scene of his mother dying, because if if you remember correctly, oh, and I, it's been so long since I've even thought about how many flashes, but there, I don't think we've actually seen Barry go back in time and look at himself and go, "Shh, we've seen it happen to Barry." Okay. But we haven't seen Barry you. go back in time and tell himself not to stop Thawne from killing his mom. Okay, that's true. So I feel like I think that there are. I, I read this somewhere. I think that there are five berries in that room. Wow. <laughs> I think. And we've seen four of them. We've seen him do it four times now. So. That means that there's one more time that he has to go back, look at himself and say, don't stop. I think that's the one we're missing is where he goes back and says, don't stop this from happening. You have to let your mom die. And, and I don't know if they're not doing it because of flashpoint, like maybe that reset something who knows, but um, that could be why they let Thon go is that they have, that they have to do something with that at some point to close that, to close that little loophole. Makes sense. Makes sense. See that, that, that kind of stuff is where the flash loses me all the timeline and multiple berries and all that. But yeah, it's hard. It's really hard to follow. And, and because they haven't done a flash because they haven't done a time travel scene in some time, it hasn't been addressed. So it's, it's harder to recall now than it was last year. But I, I yeah, I, I think yeah. that's could be a reason if, if they even decide to do it, you know, they may just kind of hope that no one remembers. All right. You want to knock out this final scene, yeah. this post credit scene they have? Yeah. I, I, um, for me, the main thing that didn't work here is that yet again, yet again, 
Oliver and Felicity make it about themselves. Right. <laughs> like I, 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 I'm okay with um, them getting Diggle to, to marry Barry and Iris. Uh, they were going to get a JP to do it anyway. Why not have it be a friend who should have been invited to the wedding? Just an FYI. But uh, why not have a friend do it? And um, so I thought that was fine. But when Felicity, inter- I think it was Felicity, interrupts. Yeah, she's the one that interrupts. Uh-huh. The anti-marriage person and says, wait, can we just do all four of us getting married? I don't know. There's, I, I feel, and I feel like that they shouldn't have hijacked Barry's wedding. I feel like at this point, Iris would have turned to her and said, excuse me, (laughs) you did not RSVP to my wedding until the day before. And now on the day of my wedding, you're going to sit here and try and hijack it and get married at the exact same time. No, no, no. You know, I can't see uh, any bride out there being like, okay, this is totally cool. Especially a bride who as tight as Iris and Felicity have become with these five times that they've met over the course of their entire life. Like even if like the maid of honor was there saying, Hey, let's do it. And Iris's actual best friend, I, I don't see bride saying like being totally okay with it. No. Yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah. Even the, the world that Iris lives in that I was able to like, I was able to find a, a loose string that gave a pass for all these people RSVPing late, which to circle back to that, there is no RSVPing late when you're part of the legends and you're on a time machine. Like, right. That's true. <laughs> like that I, it's, that's always we Like there's no reason that like we have to worry about getting uh, Stein back in time for the birth of his grandchild because you have a time machine. Like it's just, there, there's, so I think they forget they have a time machine sometimes on that show. Um, but yeah, I can forgive. You know, I could get 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 to uh, Iris being okay with everyone RSVPing late, but this is the one that's like, come on, like, don't hijack their day, like that's messed up. And like we said, like, and just in my opinion on Arrow, I I don't feel their relationships at back to that level yet. You know, they've just gotten good. She's just gotten in good with his son with William, which yeah. is a, a character I could do without on the show but you know that's something separate but like i don't feel like now they've hit the point where they're like okay let's start talking marriage like to me i'm i'm kind of with where felicity was at the rehearsal dinner like whoa buddy we're good everything's good let's just keep this as is you know we're dating i'm faithful to you that's it like we don't need any more and then now all of a sudden it's we're that's it we're done we're married we're not inviting anybody we're not inviting speedy to come and witness this we're not inviting any friends or family and then we're just gonna hijack another wedding that's crazy i i feel like that should have been something that happened either and i know the mid-season break is probably this week or maybe the next week but that's something that should have either happened and even happening now, now that I'm saying it out loud, happening at mid season would have been too soon. I think happening in the second half of the season, maybe even as a season finale, and maybe that's too cliche to do it as a season finale, but it should have happened in the back half of the season somewhere. If, if you were going to do it this season, um, I don't know. I, I, I just, it really bothers me that they use that as an opportunity to hijack their wedding. Uh, and, what I think is a really big disappointment is, and this is 
just on my like as a personal thing is I really love the way that invasion ended last year. And that was simply with Barry and uh, Oliver sitting at a bar um, enjoying a drink and kind of discussing like uh, life or whatever. And that's not only is that the way I kind of want to see the Berlanti verse end is like, cause yes, it started with arrow, but the Berlanti verse was birthed with the two of them. Like we don't get Supergirl, We don't get legends without the flash coming out of arrow. So, so that was like such a cool way to end the, the crossover last year that I kind of wanted to see that. Like I would love for every crossover event to really end with the two of them just broing it out with each other at a bar or something like that's how I feel this should have ended. Not necessarily with anyone getting married. Even I feel like Barry and Iris's wedding should have maybe happened on an episode of the flash this week. You know, I would have felt better if we went to the finale of the entire season Iris and Barry don't get married. Like they just put it off. You know, they're just like, all right, let's push pause. We got to put it off. Some bad guy shows up tomorrow. And that takes us until the end of May when the season ends. And during that time on the arrow, Felicity and Oliver progress to the point where they're ready. And then they do a combo wedding of some type, you know, and then they can get married on the flash. Like that would have made me feel better if we actually saw that progression and character arc. But, but you liked Diggle. I felt at this point, we haven't seen Diggle and they were like, crap, how are we going to get this huge character into this entire universe? And then they're like, oh, that's right. We'll just make him have the ability to marry people. And so, and then I agree with you. I love how Diggle interacts with all the metas. I think it's fantastic. And how he throws up every time Barry goes and runs him super speed and all that. That's fantastic. (laughs) But I just felt like they got Diggle and I was like, oh, that's right. You could have been helping us fight Nazis all along because you're great with guns and punching and what have you's and uh, despite the nerve damage. But I just felt it was forced. They're like, crap, we need to get Diggle in here. Like we checked off Wally earlier. We got rid of him and now we need to check off Diggle. We checked off all the arrow people. So a little for it. And I'm with you. I love the Diggle character. I just felt forced. Yeah, you're right. It definitely felt forced. Um, but I honestly, like, I, I for me, I I need Diggle involved, like, because <laughs> there's not going to be another opportunity, uh, this season really that you see the Flash and Diggle interact. True. Uh, and that's like another like you need to check that box off. I think for for a proper crossover. And I again, I I think it could have been done a lot better. I think it should have happened you know, at least in episode two, uh, you know, the arrow episode two was the arrow episode. There's no reason that Diggle should not have been involved in that. That was, you know, not only did it blow my mind that he wasn't invited to the wedding. Uh, Cause like, not only is he, I know he's Oliver's best friend, but like he plays an important role in Barry's life too. Like, yeah. he, like, and, like not for nothing. Let's not forget Barry changed the sex of his child. Like he had a baby girl. That's true. <laughs> so he's closer with uh, him than he is Supergirl. Like, hasn't he met him more times than he's met Supergirl? Yeah. yeah I mean, they, they only, he, I, even in a world where, okay, let's pretend that like they have lives in between episodes. He's not going to earth 48 and she's not coming to earth one on a regular basis. I would believe he's visiting Oliver on a regular basis. Sure. Like, you know, when, you know, when we're not watching 
the show. Like on Football Sunday, they're probably they could be hanging out with with Diggle and stuff. But so, but even that aside, like he has he knows his wife too. Like the Flash has dealt with with uh with the director of Argus and, and about Grodd and and like it's not like he doesn't know these people and you invited Rory who is a villain. Like he might be a legend and he's kind of a good guy right now, but like really as far as you know, because like, I, I don't know how, like I, again, I would imagine that the legends don't have much interaction with the rest of the, 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 the team on earth one, because you know, they're time traveling. Like as far as you know, he's a villain. Like you don't know anything about him. So the fact that like Rory was invited to the we- the wedding and and Diggle wasn't is a huge sticking point for me. But then again, you know he, why wasn't he in the the part two episode, which was supposed to be Arrow centric? If if you if you really get down to the nitty gritty, and it was it was Arrow centric, but he wasn't there, and that it just blows my mind. Yeah, he should have been the one protecting uh, Joe and Joe's fiance, whose name I can't remember. Absolutely, and. There uh, here. Okay. Here's how we could have gotten our, our speedster moment with Diggle and gotten him in, in a way where he's not involved the whole time. You have him invited to the goddamn wedding. And then Wally speeds everyone off back to the secret layer of green arrow. Mm -hmm. And you can have that moment. Like Joe is used to it. Cecile's probably used to it. Mm. Uh, we're going to assume unborn baby is going to be a speedster now because of it. And, <laughs> and, and then, and Diggle is not used to it. So like, as everyone gets dropped off to the secret layer, he has the same reaction that we saw in part four. And that's how you could have worked it in where it's not shoehorned in. Uh, and we get him in earlier. He's invited to the wedding and it makes sense why he doesn't show up for the entire rest of the crossover. It's funny. I feel like we've spent the uh, these two episodes nitpicking and uh, almost being negative towards the show, overwhelming. But I think you agree. Like we really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this crossover event. I thought it was a home run for CW. I thought they did a phenomenal job uh, adding some depth to it, adding a little story arc to it. And like we said from the get go, they included all four shows perfectly. Yeah. into the into the realm and i thought they did a really great job this time i look forward to them doing it again yeah yeah i think they did uh like you said i, I mean key key thing was getting supergirl to be actually involved in the crossover this time and, and and they did um and not only while each episode had beats to make it feel like it was um their own episode except for flash and supergirl kind of being reversed um it overall felt like one event, like it felt like one story being told, which invasion had that, but that almost was like the B story and the A stories were still the individual stories for those characters in those shows. So, you know, as much as I loved invasion, I think crisis crushed it. And I think what I really, I think or crisis, I think like if I, if I call if Supergirl an 8.5, I feel like each one kind of progressed a little bit to where like arrow seemed like it was a, you know, somewhere around a nine flash seemed somewhere. It was like around a 9.5 and, and legends, honestly, I think was, I think part four was the best. I think save for the ending. I probably, maybe I wouldn't put it at a perfect 10, but it's, it's probably right around a 9.5 or a little bit higher because 
the emotional aspect for me is what makes that part four the best episode. And, and I don't need to watch all four parts. I can go back and watch that episode over and over again and, and just, you know, get all the emotions that I need from it. Like that could be my go-to. I need to cry today. Let me watch this. (laughs) I like it. I could use a good cry. Let me put in episode four of the CW crossover. Yeah, exactly. And I like, and I enjoyed this so much. I'm not a guy. I don't really buy um, TV on, on DVD or Blu-ray anymore uh, because most of it's available somewhere online, whether it be, you know, Netflix or Hulu or something. But this is something where that if they package this together, which I think they may have, but if they package this together as like a, as a, like a, a, a one-off set slash movie thing, I would buy the crisis on earth X DVD Blu-ray set sure. um, because it was, it was that good. And I, I may not, I have no need to really buy any of these shows on, on Blu-ray until Netflix says they're not going to play it anymore. Um, but I would definitely over invasion in a heartbeat. Yeah. Like I wouldn't buy invasion. Oh. I would not buy that as a DVD set. No, it's not necessary. That, that was one where it's like, all right, I watched it. I'm good. Thanks. You know, it wasn't horrible, yeah. but I'm not watching that again. And, and this, like this crisis on earth X as an overall four hour, I guess, you know, subtract commercials more like a three hour event. I mean, I think this holds up as, as a piece of entertainment. You could, I mean, hell it's almost as long as Batman versus it's, I guess, longer than Batman versus Superman. And to me, way more entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the fights were fun. I mean, it had humor in it, so it, it trumps, it trumps BVS on (laughs) that. But I, I, you know, I, it's, uh, it just further because essentially what this was, was a movie. This was a movie and it played like a movie. It was, that's a key thing is that everything was similar in tone. So it did really play with play like a movie. If they treated it more like a movie, maybe it it probably would have gelled even better if that's, if that's possible. So like, I don't know, it just proves to me that DC needs to give some, some, uh, some of those big big old movie keys to Berlanti. Sure. Um, you know, uh, f- cause from what I understand, he's not the reason, uh, the uh, original green lantern movie sucked. Uh, that was the studio making a lot of changes and, and changing his draft of the, of the script. So, uh, give him the keys. Like he knows what he's doing with these characters. So, uh, you know, why not let him take them to the big screen? I his think. attention to detail is the key and he's doing a great job of it. It's good stuff. All right. So yeah, overall uh, crisis was great, but you know, we live in a world where we do need to nitpick because why not? And uh, so hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, this, this uh, two week uh, coverage of crisis on earth X uh, with Brian uh, from take two and myself. Uh, So, but let's, let's bring it home. Let's, let's uh, we've talked for almost, three hours on the Berlanti verse crossover special. So for the second week in a row, uh, thank you, Brian, for being here to talk Berlanti verse with me. Uh, it is one of my favorite things in the world to talk about. Kev, uh, honored, absolutely honored that you asked uh, myself and the guys of take two podcast, the show that I'm on regularly to come and join you uh, because we are big fans of your show and we love chatting with you on Twitter and socials and stuff like that. And to be invited onto your actual show is a true honor. Thank you so much. Not a problem. And I'm excited for, 
you know, I, we, there's actual episodes where we, we're going to eventually sit down and talk to you and, 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 and Craig at the very least about, you know, you and your podcast. Sure. Uh, I'm excited for the crossover. We, uh, I think we've kind of talked about it on, uh, on the interwebs, but we're, we're hopefully going to do some crossover commentary stuff uh, at some point. Uh, I'm really excited for that. Uh, with Batman 89 and Superman, what, 79 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, Let's do it. So I'm really excited for some of the things that we have planned going into the future uh, beyond the 100th episode of, of Everything is Awesome. So uh, there will be way more to come with the Take-Two Empire and Everything is Awesome uh, in the future. So stay tuned for all that. Uh, likely, now that I look at my schedule uh, or think about my schedule, likely in 2018, I thought we were going to be able to shoehorn something in in 2017 here, but it's it's I mean, we got four weeks left. So, Kev, Kev we're so busy. It's uh, 2 a.m. and we're recording on a, on a uh, Tuesday. On a, yep, t- sorry, it's a Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday morning now. So that, that shows you what our yeah, schedules yeah. are like. So, yeah, I'm thinking 2018 will be the year of everything is awesome. Take two combos. There you go. There we go. I like it. Uh, all right. For, for another week in a row, let people know where they can find you. At Take Two Podcast on Twitter is our show page. You can find us also, Take Two Podcast at gmail.com. And we have, of course, Facebook and Instagram. Easy to find. We are spelled T O O for that Take Two because we give you all of Hollywood's news and reviews and our Take Two. Myself personally, I am at Brian Stever. That's S T E V E R. I love to chat about movies and film all day long on Twitter. Start up a conversation so that we can talk. Our show is on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. Give us a listen, a rating, and review. And when you're done with us, jump right back over to Kev because that's what we'll be doing after we record our show. Yes, uh, and thank you for for uh, t- talking about iTunes because I always forget to talk about iTunes. So make sure <laughs> after you're done reviewing Take Two, you head on over and review uh, and rate the the five star, the number one podcast in Bucks County. Everything is awesome. We're the one with the yellow logo. Logo. Don't be fooled because there's another. Everything is awesome with like Casey and JoJo or something. We're not them. They're not us. We're the number one podcast in Bucks County. They could be a number one podcast in their county. I don't know. But uh, rate us and review us. You can also find us on Twitter at RealAwesomePod or on Facebook.com slash RealAwesomePod. If my calculations are correct, we are just days away. Yes, we are days away from the uh, the live episode of Everything is Awesome, where we celebrate 100 episodes uh, at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, from 3.30 p.m. to 6 p.m. with Heart Points Pod. They're going to play some games. I'm bringing Jeff Stormer uh, to uh, help me host Everything is Awesome, episode 100. He's going to play some games. He's going to run a game for us. And it's going to be so much fun. So if you could make it out to Amalco Comics and Coffee House on December 17th, 2017 from 3.30 to 6. We'd love to have you. Love to see you. It's going to be a good time. You can find me on Twitter where I do most of my tweeting uh, at that nerdy Kev. Uh, and you can find us on the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network. I don't think I mentioned that last week. So make sure you do. CoreTempArts.com. And of course, we're on AwesomePodcast.com. For everything is awesome, I'm Kev, and we've been awesome. Thank you for listening to the Cortem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.